0: Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It is four minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And for those of you who are walking around with that favourite piece of jewellery hanging around your neck, on your wrist, on your finger, maybe around your ankle, and think that it's worth a huge amount of money and you're going to pass it on to your children, this is the show that I want you to listen to. I want you just to pull over or stop what you're doing and listen. Because I know many clients of mine have had a really shocking wake up when they really feel they've got a lot of value in jewelry and they now want to cash it in or they want to get it insured. And the value that they need to insure it for and the value that it's worth, the discrepancy is sometimes massive. And they can't wrap their head around why they need to insure a piece of jewelry for, let's say, 90,000 Rand, but it's only worth. Ten or 20,000 Rand maybe in its actual value. On the line with me, I'm very proud to welcome Helen Fulhoun, who's the CEO of Nebu Gold. Helen, welcome to Chai FM. Thank
1: you so much, Avi. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Helen, are you also the founder of Nebu Gold?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Okay, fantastic. Just to let the listeners know, if you go onto the Nebu Gold website, there is a beautiful interview with you. Um, Would you really put the whole thing in perspective? Um, nice to see a young, dynamic business person getting up there, really doing something different. And uh, what I want to discuss with you with, for the next half an hour of maybe 40 minutes that we are there together is to take us back to the very, very beginning. Why did you start a company where gold is going to be the value that's held in the jewelry and platinum and how that works and how you got into it?
1: Well, Avi, it all began in 2019. I started the company in November 2019, and I actually left my legal career um, following a trip that I took to the east, to Singapore, where I got a completely different perspective on jewelry there and how um, how people accumulate gold there as opposed to here, where we accumulate our gold in, in predominantly in cougar rands and bullion. Um, bullion bars at least. And it was quite a remarkable um, insight in that their jewelry there predominantly is only sold in 22 and 24 karat gold. And that gave me the idea that you could actually reconnect the connection between um, store value and gold within jewelry. And that was ultimately the The impetus and the starting point of Nebu. And I think in the West, if you look at jewellery, as you so rightly pointed out, we've really lost the connection between the historical purpose of of why jewellery, you know, obviously there's the sentimental value to it um, and obviously sort of the aesthetic. But one of the big reasons why we initially wore jewellery was to have a mobile store a value because, and I think, you know, we can all relate to that in that persecuted societies. If, if you're, if you were persecuted and you had to flee, you know, it was really difficult to, to take, you know, if your investment was sitting in a, in a vault, it was really difficult to take that with you. And that was obviously, and then we've lost that. Um, And we can get into into the comparison between 9-carat and 18-carat, which is predominantly what we see now in the market, versus 24-carat. But that was ultimately the motivation behind starting Nebu, was to return that connection um, to jewellery between store of value um, and gold, and to return the actual intrinsic value back to the customer.
0: So really, you know, we are talking about, you know, in, in economics, you're talking about the gold standard, which was really where, where currencies were pegged. This is the value of gold, and everything sort of rotates around it like you know, like the planets on, on a set axis, and that's what it is, which really gave you a very clear understanding. I remember the South African notes used to say, I swear or promise to pay the bearer X amount in gold, um, which really gives you a value. But maybe before we get to the actual understanding of how the value is held in gold, Let's maybe just take a quick break because Craig wants to take us to the shops. But when I come back, maybe please explain to us the difference between 18 and 22 and 24. So we just got an understanding of what it's all about. And we'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Right. Helen, coming back to you, Helen, the CEO and founder of Nebu Gold. What is the difference in the grades of gold?
1: Well, I think, Avi, let's take it, let's simplify matters and let's compare, you know, what does 9, 18, 22 and 24 carat actually mean? So, jewelry or gold is always, the purity of gold is always denoted as a a factor of 24. So, so many parts of 24 parts, 24 parts obviously being 100%. So, if you have 18 carat gold, that's 18 parts over 24, which means it's 75% gold pure. Okay, so you can obviously apply that to 9 and 22. Now, the difference between 18 carats, what makes up that, um, that extra or the, the balance, the 25%, is as opposed to 24 carats, um, is that it includes other diluting metals. So you'll have nickel, silver, copper, um, that type of, those type of metals, and it will not um, specify the period or the, the composition. So the difference between an 18 karat, other than the the composition being 75% gold, 25% other metals, versus 24 karat gold, which is 100% or 99.99% gold, is that, and I think bringing that back to to jewelry itself, is 18 carat, that 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 vagueness or, or the the area where it becomes very unclear on how the value of the gold is actually determined is obviously you don't get, you don't know the weight of your jewelry, I guess you could weigh it, but they never, they almost never specify the weight. So, and then coupling that with the inclusion of um, of, of precious stones. Now, those two factors, the addition of diluting metals plus subjectively valued precious stones and gems, allows the jeweler to actually inflate or, or charge large markups. And in traditional Western jewelry, you are seeing markups of 300 to 500% on jewelry. And that's why that, as you said, your, your, your many of your clients go and value their jewelry. They're shocked when it only retains about 20% of the purchasing value. Now, in comparison to our jewelry, which is made from 24 karat gold, we sell by weight at the prevailing gold price plus a creation fee or a, a manufacturing fee. So, let's say for instance we have a pendant and it weighs 10 grams. That gra- that pendant will be sold at the prevailing po- point of sale according to the international gold price which is standardized around the world plus a um a small markup fee. We w- we have a 30% margin. So, if you're looking at that 30% versus your 300 to 500% that's how you can you can value it and those pieces can be objectively valued anywhere in the world because it would be and you can resell it either back to us or anywhere else um, because you know you know the weight of your jewelry you know that it's 24 carats so you can't be hoodwinked in that way
0: okay so you really answered my question i was sitting there waiting. how <laughs> are you going to make profit how's this thing going to work if you simply banking the store of gold and passing it on to consumer. So really, that's, for example, I would be paying the service fee, the design, the manufacturer, the putting it together. That's a fee. So when I'm paying, for example, 10,000 Rand for a piece of jewelry, and I'm paying 3,000 Rand, in my mind, I haven't paid 13. I paid 10,000 rand and I paid three in order to get the stuff done. So really, really, that is how it works. It just gives you the ability to make profit, add value. And yet I know I'm walking around with something that is not going to decrease or plummet in the value because the markup hasn't been there. So let's get to the, the hard question. How's it taken off? How's it been? You've been in business now for four years, five years. How's it gone?
1: Yeah, so um, just to add to that, Avi, another thing that separates 24 karat in terms of generational wealth and passing on to your grandchildren, 24 karat jewelry versus 18 karat, because they are diluting metals included in 18 karat. When those metals are exposed to oxygen, they tarnish, they oxidize. So, and that's why people often have with an 18 karat gold ring, they constantly have to get it repolished or replated. Now with 24 carat, because 24 carat um, platinum and gold are noble metals, when they're exposed to oxygen, they do not tarnish. So there's true immortality to that, to that piece. It will never tarnish. Gold that sat in in the um, you know, in the pyramids and tombs a thousand years ago, today still looks exactly the same. In addition to that, it's antimicrobial and it's hyperallergenic. Um, which is especially important for women with, who have to wear earrings. So getting back to your question on how it's going, it's it's really going exceptionally well. Um, we're really, really lucky. And we predominantly export to Canada and the United States. And we really can't keep up with demand, which is really a a huge boon in these tough times.
0: I mean, I see that you had a stat that you are on track for 100 million. I'm just trying to find it. It's a winning idea because maybe which started just prior to the pandemic, is am track to turn over 100 million in 2022, which is really yeah. phenomenal. Um, you know, if you just work out 30 percent on that, I think you guys are doing all right.
1: Yeah, we um, it's taken a while for us to to build a company. I think we're going on, what, three years now, um, but it's all worth it in the end.
0: So let me ask you: How, as a lawyer, did you come back to South Africa and now say you're going into the jewelry business, which is, from my understanding, usually a generational thing? You know, some of these businesses have been around and passed them from son from father to son. The their their jewelers who have been with them for many many years are part of the family. You now have to start from scratch. How did you do that?
1: Well. I think I've always been a gold bug. Um, I think I've always believed in gold. You know, there's a, a common fallacy with gold or, or the the people who poo-poo gold and say oh, it's a terrible investment because it has no yield. But that is not what gold is. Gold is a store of value. Um, and it really speaks to generational building where you're not trying to make quick quick profits, you know, it really just holds its value, which is really important during these incredibly volatile times. Now, obviously, building on that um, belief and that knowledge, um, I, I felt that I needed to leave the legal profession to, to create something that was productive and to, to start helping people in a different way. And I think my perspective on jewelry was obviously completely, as you say, not definitely not passed down um, from generational expertise, um, which allowed me to look at it from a completely different perspective. That being from a consumer's perspective, a frustrated consumer, you know, and building on the, the belief in gold as a store of value. You know, bullion is a little bit boring. It's, you know, you sort of, you buy all your investment normally as a hedge against volatile markets. And sometimes, most of the time, you don't even see it. It, uh, it sits in the vault and collects dust and you normally associate that type of sort of hedge, you know, with, with inheritance. And I just feel, felt that in this day and age, like everything, you know, you have watches that also tell you your health and, and track everything. Bullion also needs to be a little bit more modernized. Um, and it also needs to have a little bit more utility. At least you need to be able to appreciate it and wear it. Um, while it still
0: appreciates for you. So Helen, we're going to take a quick break because we need to run back to the shops. So when we come back, I'm going to answer, ask you some of the SMSs that have come through. And really what I hope you can maybe do here is really help some people with the dilemma where they've inherited a lot of jewelry that's worth very, very little. And maybe it's time to sort of revalue that down to base value and start from there. But um, I'll ask those questions as soon as we come back from the ads. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Helen, let's get straight to the questions because Janet here wants to ask, I have a lot of jewelry that I have inherited. I recently had it valued for insurance. And as Avi said, it was very, very high. I then wanted to sell it and I got almost nothing. Would you be able to recondition my jewelry for me at the fee that you discussed, in order that I can have a true value of the gold and design it the way you and I decide upon.
1: Yes, Avi, um, to answer Janet's question, we are, so at the moment, we are licensed to take jewellery back from the the public. And that allows, we are looking into offering a service for other jewellery that is not Nebu branded. And that is, so I think we'd be happy to assist Janice. I think for, as a rule of thumb for everyone out there, what one can do, it's always challenging when there are stones involved, but if it's pure jewelry, you know, just the pure metal, an easy way to value your jewelry is to put it on a kitchen scale. If you know the purity, you multiply that weight by the purity and you should get um, the actual gold content. Now, General pawnbrokers out there are giving shocking um, returns on, on, you know, standard fine jewelry. Um, anything below spot plus, well, spot being the, the prevailing gold price, they'll give you anything, if you're lucky, spot minus 20, spot minus uh, 25. So that means the gold value minus 20 to 25% of its value. But yeah, Janet is more than welcome to reach out to us and we'd be happy to assist her and potentially repurpose her jewellery into a a mobile investment that is crafted from 24 karat.
0: Great. And before we go to the rest of the questions, I want to ask you, you, on your website, you talk about partnership around the world and people being able to join the Nebu business. Talk us through that.
1: Yes. so we... Our sales model is is a hybrid model. We sell directly to the public through our online store. But we've also partnered with reputable and verified um, bullion dealers around the world, particularly focusing on the United States and Canada, as I said. And those are bullion dealers who specialize in these types of investments, as well as wealth managers and investment banks that are very much in their beta phase at the moment. Um, and that's who we partner with. I think it's very important. We we have like-minded, you know, jewelry. It's a very novel investment or bullion jewelry is a very novel um, concept to the jewelry world, which I think it's it just, it's completely, as as I said earlier, you know, where we're charging a 30% margin and they're charging a 500% or 400% margin. You just, you know, you're too far removed. But with bullion dealers or gold um, dealers, we are we're far more aligned in offering you know intrinsic value back to to our customers, and that's ultimately who we partner with.
0: So then, just similar along that line, just I want to get through the SMSs because they're coming through thick and fast. I want to check, so you can just scroll down. Yes, I my jewelry is if I revalue if I revalue my jewelry with you, will I get a certificate um, when I do it for insurance purposes? And will that be updated on an annual basis?
1: So what I can say is with our jewelry, we guarantee authenticity. So throughout our manufacturing process, all our pieces go through rigorous testing. We do three three, um, rounds of quality checks, and we stick to a very strict weight limitation or variance. Obviously, because if we're advertising a piece at 10 grams, you can hardly sell something that's for 9 grams or 12 grams. So we ensure that that weight variance is 0.5 grams per piece. Now, that obviously produces very, well, a lot of challenges for us um, in terms of production, because if it is slightly over polished, and we weigh it and it's 0.1 of a gram under, we have to start again. So... In that process, what we guarantee is an assay or a tested certificate. So we test the purity of that product, the batch of gold that that product actually came from, as well as given a a certificate of authenticity. And that can be used with any insurer Um, and that around the world as well. So if that were the case um, with, with someone who had to bring gold in and repurpose it they would most certainly get a a certificate of authenticity.
0: Okay. And then the next question is actually a question that I should be asking you, but how do you choose your design? How do you know what to design at a particular time in the season?
1: So I think design, and that's something that has also, you know, speaking to the modernization of of bullion um, in the form of wearable wearable investment or wearable store of, of value is bringing some life and, um, and personalization to, to the piece. And I think design is something that is very personal. So we try and at the moment, we try and focus on classic designs as well as some more trending designs. And we are about to launch. So in July, it's, it's we haven't launched yet, but we're about to launch our chains, which are obviously very classic pieces. And in high demand, we've actually had to accelerate that product release as well as some other personalized items down down the line but i think our designs that are currently on offer um there's a broad spectrum of designs that people can choose from and we do also offer a personalized service for something if there were to be a commissioned piece
0: so what I'm, love, I'm just looking at your classic collection now your exotic collection i just love the fact that it's african so you've got gold rhino footprint cufflinks, you've got rhino horn. You know, you've really taken the the real feel about it and and you've made it there. And the price ranges anywhere from a pair of earrings for four and a half thousand rand to a wrist cuff for 64,000 rand. So that's really the whole gambit. And really what I love about it is that that price there in order to get to the true gold value, do I take 30% off that price and then I've got the true gold value? So there you go. So we are basically paying a service fee of 30% and then I've got the true the true um, um, intrinsic value. Talk us through quickly, because I'm now totally intrigued by this. The difference, between <laughs> the exotic, the quintessential, the hammered, artisan. How did you come up with, with all these different... Um, um ranges that you come up with
1: so Avi, we initially started out when we started the company we initially started out with two collections our sort of classic investment collection and then at the time it was called our african collection right. um because that obviously you know being a a, far, a south african founded company i felt very strongly about giving back to community and giving back to the environment which is something i'm very passionate about and that sort of given the um, or birth the the exotic collection. So you'll note that from our exotic collection, we contribute a portion of our sales to various conservation efforts, um, and they generally relate to the design that inspire or the inspiration behind the design. In terms of our other collection, what gave the I think we we try to incorporate as many different di- uh, design elements. Um, to cater for everyone's different taste and that's sort of yeah where we' where the investment or the initial classic investment collection sort of diversified into all those various subcategories and i think just to speak to the the various price points that you were talking about you know as i said we guarantee both the purity and the value of our jewelry so you'll note potentially if you look at, at a particular product that the weight is advertised there now. Yes. If one could, if, if one wanted to test that, you could take that weight and multiply it by, you know, if you just Google gold price, you'll see the prevailing price and our prices track that that um, international gold price. Um, and you'll see that it will be the same. Are your prices
0: therefore updated on an ongoing basis?
1: Yes, it is connected to the live um, spot price that is, I think it's the LBMA. Um,
0: that updates the global uh, gold spot price and it updates, I think, every two minutes. That's phenomenal. I, I, I'm not just here, I'm just sitting, I'm not a jewelry person, I don't wear jewelry, it's, it's not so. <laughs> but what I love about it is that when I went through your website, I actually didn't go onto the product. There's something out for everybody. You, there, there isn't jewelry for a thousand rand or 700 rand. That's not the, the line we're looking at. But from a couple of thousand rand up to many thousands of rands, You can really, really buy something here. Okay, what I'm going to try to do is get through all the questions. I live in Mumbai. Oh, that's interesting. Can you ship to me directly if I order on your website?
1: Yes, we, as I said, we sell directly to um, the public and we ship all over the world. That's insured shipping through DHL Express.
0: Okay, the next one is from Rina. Hi, I live in Tel Aviv. I'm an ex-African. How do I get involved with your business? I feel there's a tremendous market for it over here.
1: Well, you're more than welcome to reach out to. If you contact us on NebuGold.com, you're more than welcome to reach out to the um, by email. Alternatively, you can also reach me personally at Helen at NebuGold.com, and I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts.
0: Fantastic. The next thing is, I see on your website that over $1,500, I don't pay shipping. That's a lot of money in rands. If If I buy something for under that, what would my expected shipping cost be to Europe?
1: Our shipping costs to Europe generally don't vary above 500 rand a piece, but we'd be happy to do a shipping quote for you prior to the purchase for you to verify.
0: Fantastic. And then the last sort of question I've got here, sort of scroll down to the bottom here, is yes, if I buy more than one piece, do I need any legal documentation to bring it out of South Africa into a foreign country?
1: No, no additional documentation is required. And maybe I can touch on that point. Obviously, because it's investment grade, We've done extensive research in R&D into the various trade agreements with the the main countries that we export into. So the United States, Canada, the UK, Australia, and Europe. And with the product, depending on the um, destination country, we actually include, as if you were buying an investment from from a bullion dealer, um, or you were actually buying bars or coins we ensure that the necessary, if it is available, that the necessary trade agreements are attached to all the shipping documents, said to your convenience. So we handle that to ensure that duties aren't actually charged, as per because the customs fight that we've had many times with customs officials, um, where they see jewelry and they say, oh well, this is a you know this gets twenty percent levied on it, but because of its purity, um, we are able to circumvent. Well, it, it, they mm. don't have you can claim that back. So that's
0: something that's also really nice. So it's, it's, it's a cash flow issue. Then you might have to pay it, but you have to claim it back. We've obviously picked a bear here and uh, we're running out of time. How do I ensure, Also, how do you ensure that money laundering does not happen through your company? Um, because it seems like a very simple way to get cash out the country in the form of jewellery, in the form of bullion.
1: It is a question that we've had many times for commission pieces that are significantly large. I was, I was um, hesitant
0: to ask the question. I've had to <laughs> it before.
1: Yes, we have had one or two requests where someone wants a kilogram pendant. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we have very obviously our reputation is um, very important to us. And because gold is such a highly regulated space, we. Make sure that all our paperwork is in place. We have all the necessary anti money laundering contracts and policies in place, and we get regularly audited. So that's how we make sure that, that there is no funny um, business going on.
0: Good, good. Helen, we've really got five and a half minutes left. So let me ask you look into the future. What can we expect from your company? First of all, how many people do you employ at the moment?
1: At the moment, we run a, so our core team is very small. Um, It's all uh, female and our greatest circle. So we at the moment are about 15 people, 15 to 20 people that we employ. Um, I think what's been really exciting for us from a community perspective is we have, through our growth over the last um, couple of months, we've been empowered to employ far more goldsmiths. So I think we've taken on another six goldsmiths, which is really it's, it's really great to, to empower people like that through work. Um, and what's even more exciting is a lot of these goldsmiths have never even touched 24 karat gold. And it's been a learning curve for everyone to, to get involved in that um, and to learn the skills because it's a very difficult method to work with. So, yeah, I think looking forward, obviously, we are wanting to aggressively expand. Um, we are expanding our operations into Singapore and into the U.S. in terms of physical space. And we have some very exciting products that we will be adding to our actual services that we'll be adding on top of our products to make sure that they have even more functionality and utility other than being able to wear it.
0: Fantastic. Well, Aaron ful thank you so much. And before I let you go, I actually forgot to ask you, and someone's just asked, where did you come up with the name of your company from?
1: Avi, so the name Nebu is actually uh, a hieroglyph for, for gold. And we felt that it was fitting to relate back to an ancient civilization that understood gold, even in those times, very well. They obviously um, believed that the skin of the gods was made from gold and that it was effectively immortal. And that's why they always buried their dead with gold trinkets. And they couldn't have been more right. Gold is immortal. And it is a heavenly metal that, you know, came from from the heavens. So that is, we thought that would be a fitting name.
0: You know that old adage that every piece of gold that ever been mined is still in existence today? Do you believe that?
1: I I hesitate to have a a scarcity mentality. I think there's far more gold out there in space. Um, I think South Africa is actually a country that has a significant amount of unmined gold. Um, still in the ground, but yes, luckily, and that's something that actually adds to the value of gold is that it can't be printed away by government. It is there to stay and it is accounted for.
0: Just a fun fact, I might be wrong, but I, I, I don't think so. I think Africa holds the record for the deepest gold shaft in a mine in the world and their expertise and engineers have been around the world in excavation, archaeological, digs. Archaeological, in order to you know help people because they've got those expertise of going so deep helen really exciting chatting to you just to let everybody know it's NebuGold gold n-e-b-u please go along i had to go through google actually to find the property but it's a great website everything's there the prices are live they're real time and everything of the best to you and uh nice to see you wearing an apple watch also so uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for your time avi it's been wonderful
0: great craig thanks for pushing the buttons we'll chat to you next week